0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.
1: Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, April 4th. It was a heartbreaking loss for the SDSU men's basketball team last night in the championship game in Houston. The Aztecs trailed Connecticut for most of the game and were down 16 points at the half, before getting within 5 points of UConn with 5 minutes to go. But the Huskies quickly increased their lead to beat SDSU 76-59. The Aztecs are the first Mountain West Conference basketball team to advance beyond the Sweet 16 round. More on the team's historic run coming up later in the show. Healthcare workers in high-risk settings, like hospitals and nursing homes, are no longer required by the state to wear a mask at work. The new state guidance went into effect yesterday. San Diego County Public Health Officer Dr. Wilma Wooten says the county will follow the guidance, but hospitals and other medical centers are encouraged to set up their own masking policies. Strongly recommended is what we have on our website that again aligns with CDPH but also strongly recommends that acute healthcare settings continue to wear masking, uh, particularly when they are near patient care. Some hospitals are relaxing masking rules, but others are still requiring their workers to continue to wear a mask when caring for patients. It's supposed to start feeling more like spring across the county this week. The National Weather Service says mornings may be chilly, but temps are expected to increase as the week goes on. Today is expected to be sunny with temps in the high 50s. If you're planning to head to the beach, there's a high surf advisory in effect until 11 a.m. Waves are expected to reach up to 10 feet, causing dangerous swimming and surfing conditions. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.
1: The San Diego State men's basketball team's historic season is over. Reporter M.G. Perez was in Houston at the game. The SDSU Dream
0: Team fought hard to win one more time, but the Huskies defeated them, 76-59, to winning their fifth NCAA Men's Basketball National title. It was an unexpected season. Aztecs fan Miko Sunbury appreciated.
2: The team did great, and we're super proud of them for getting this far. I mean, this is the best thing that's happened to uh, San Diego sports in a long time. A.J. Juarez is an
0: alum who played football for the Aztecs. Again, I'm an Aztec for life, but I am heartbroken. They fought hard. They played great all throughout March Madness. So I'm just glad that they're here. In Houston, M.G. Perez, KPBS News.
1: Thousands of Aztecs fans crammed into Vieja's arena last night to watch their team play on the big screens in the NCAA's Men's Basketball Championship game. The watch party was a wild scene with gnarled music and crazy crowds many fans were turned away at the gates but for those who got inside the atmosphere was electric regardless of the result stsu aztecs fan colin wilkinson was at the game with his friends after watching the final four matchup in houston
3: Uh, unfortunately it didn't turn out the way we wanted didn't get the w but i mean so much to look forward to in the future hopefully you know this brought a lot of attention to this school. Um, you know, hopefully some of the bigger recruits see how much of a family this is. And I really hope that, uh, you know, this drives the program to, you know, to the moon.
1: Despite the team's loss to the Yukon Huskies, every fan KPBS spoke with said they were still proud of the team. Last night was the SDSU's men's basketball team's first time in the championship game of the NCAA tournament. Reporter Kitty Alvarado tells us about the player whose winning shot at the buzzer in the Final Four game on Saturday got them there.
0: It's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. And he wins it.
4: Lamont Butler's last second shot against Florida Atlantic with a basket heard around the world.
0: A San Diego State miracle.
4: Making SDSU Aztec history. The grit of the young athlete who made that shot comes from California's Inland Empire. Justin Downer, his high school coach at Riverside Poly, was in Houston to witness that shot. He says basketball didn't come easy to Butler.
0: He was always a pass-first guy in high school. That's someone that's put in hours and hours and worked and worked.
4: His toughest times have been off the court. Butler's sister was shot and killed last year, but he takes comfort in her memory. After the game, he told reporters, I think she was with me with that shot. She probably guided the ball in a little bit.
0: Everyone that Lamont Butler comes in contact with is a better person.
4: Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News.
1: Media outlets from across the country were in Houston yesterday, covering the NCAA championship game, including SDSU's school newspaper. Reporter Melissa May spoke with the Daily Aztec's co-sports editors.
5: When the Daily Aztec co-sports editors got approved to cover the Final Four, they were extremely excited to cover the biggest sporting event of their academic careers. Morgan Prickett and Justin Cox have been in Houston following the team since Friday. They've raised over $2,000 through a GoFundMe campaign to help with expenses. Cox says everything's been happening so fast, but he's grateful for the experience. Just this tournament, it, this run has been incredible. Um, so happy for the players and happy for all the fans that got to be here and experience this for the first time. I know the San Diego sports scene has had very rough few years um, and a rough history, but to be able to do this on this stage is, is great. Prickett says the fans at the tournament have really brought the energy and are almost as electric as the show at Viejas Arena. Melissa May,
1: KPBS News. Coming up, we have some spring break ideas for you and your kiddos. We'll have that story and more just after the break.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.
1: There's a new reason to visit one of San Diego County's many museums. A very big reason. Reporter John Carroll traveled out to Campo to the Pacific Southwest Railway Museum to see the museum's newest piece of railroad history.
3: A little over an hour east of San Diego lies the sleepy little town of Campo and the Pacific Southwest Railway Museum. The museum is only open on weekends, but museum president Stephen Hager and the museum's conductor Colin Atwood were nice enough to meet us on a weekday to show us around. Hager talked about what the museum has been all about for its 62 years.
5: Our mission out here is to preserve and interpret railroads and railroad history uh, in the Pacific Southwest of the United States, with a focus on railroads in San Diego County.
3: There are a couple of buildings on the museum grounds, including the historic Campo Railroad Depot. But we interviewed Hager outside, and right behind him, a major piece of recent railroad history in the county.
5: The technical term is an F40 PHM-2C commuter locomotive.
3: The F40 PH. What he said, powered coaster commuter trains between San Diego and Oceanside from 1995 until 2021. It's unique among American built locomotives.
5: The North County Transit District, which operates the coaster service, custom ordered these five or this locomotive and four sister locomotives just for that commuter train service. There's no other locomotives exactly like them that were ever built.
3: The coaster locomotive takes its place among the museum's extensive collection, everything from boxcars to hand carts, passenger cars to cabooses, many parked outside, waiting for the day when funds are available to restore them. Hager says even the coaster locomotive needs a little TLC. But it's inside where you find this museum's crown jewels. Museum conductor Colin Atwood can tell you all about them
0: we have a lot of living history here in this museum that we love to share with everybody
3: one piece of that living history a little red fire engine built by ford but this fire engine runs on rails
0: it was able to get to places that your traditional fire truck couldn't get to so if there was a tunnel fire somewhere between wherever the road was and uh and the next connecting road this would be able to get in between to handle that fire
3: Here you can see how railroads invented signaling technology, later adapted for automobiles. This is where you can get up close and personal with Southern Pacific 2353, a huge oil-fired locomotive built in 1912. And there's a Santa Fe railway post office car. You can walk through it and see how the country's mail moved after the Pony Express galloped off into history.
0: It's always good to know where it is that you've come from as a country and where we have gone or, and where we're going. So this is the perfect place to come and look at actual living history.
3: Back to recent history, the Coaster Locomotive, museum management had to work their way through four and a half years of governmental, logistical, and financial hurdles before the process of moving it to Campo could begin. And that process, well, Let's just say it wasn't quick or easy.
5: Right now, we have no rail connection to the outside world here in Campo. So the only option to get locomotives and cars here is to put them on a truck.
3: It started its journey on a train in Anaheim where the museum was storing it.
5: It was taken out to La Mirada, got on a second train which took it to Barstow, then got on a third train to San Diego, and then finally one fourth train that brought it down to National City.
3: From there, it was loaded onto two huge highway dollies and trucked out to the museum, a process that took about a month. But for Stephen Hager, Colin Atwood, and the rest of the volunteers who make this museum go, it was worth it. A new addition, relatively speaking, to a special place that rolls out the history of railroad travel. A place, like any good museum, that tells a story of where we've been, how we got to where we are today, and perhaps where we're going next. John Carroll, KPBS News.
1: It's spring break season and KPBS staffer Natalie Dudas-Thomas rounded up some ideas for things to do with your kids over the break. Natalie, welcome to the San Diego News Now podcast.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: I hear your little ones are on spring break right now. Tell me about them.
2: Yeah, so I have two little ones, uh, a daughter who's five and in TK, and my son who's one and a half. He's in daycare, so he's just kind of along for the ride this spring break.
1: Oh, they're little. Yeah. How sweet. And what are your spring break plans for them?
2: Yeah. So like both parents, my husband and I are going to be doing a bit of tag teaming with the kids. Um, My daughter is two weeks off. So we're kind of trying to get creative to find, you know, some fun activities for her to enjoy uh, during her time off. Um, we're also going to take some time off work to have some family time, go see the wildflowers in Borrego Springs, meet a friend in Palm Springs for a little vacation. Um, but otherwise, we mostly have some play dates lined up and my husband has some plans for some museum outings for him and the kiddos. Sounds like a lot of fun. You have helped to compile a
1: list of ideas for parents to do over spring break. Were you in search of a list like this? Where did the idea come from?
2: We're working on a new initiative here at KPBS that I'm part of called KPBS Parents. And we have a hub online that we've been starting to build with resources and info, anything you need to know about raising kids in San Diego. Um, And one of those resources as a local parent that I found vital is these kind of roundups of kid-friendly activities. You know, when you wake up on Saturday morning and you're wondering, you know, what the heck are we gonna do today and spend forever researching all the options? So one of our goals with KPBS Parents was to kind of alleviate that issue and create a one-stop shop for parents to be able to find all that information more easily. Um, So after realizing how much research I was already doing on my own uh, to figure out our spring break activities, I thought, you know, why not share all that info with our KPBS audience as well? So I teamed up with a few other colleagues and we pulled together this list that we have now um, on our website.
1: What are some of the activities on the list that stood out to you and you said to yourself, I've got to do that?
2: I am a big fan of getting outside, so I love family activities that the kids can enjoy as well as the adults. I think that's super important. I also love gardening, so places like the Japanese Friendship Garden and the Water Conservation Garden in East County, um, I feel like is a, a little bit of a hidden gem there. They actually have a play area there at the water conservation garden for little ones. um, And they actually sometimes give out free popsicles when you visit, which let's say it doesn't take a lot of convincing to get my kids to go there. Uh, If you're taking spring break off with your kiddos, this also might be a great opportunity to take some longer day trips around San Diego. If it's nicer weather, you could drive up to the La Jolla Tide Pools, grab lunch, have a picnic at the glider port. Uh, And then you can even head up to take a hike at the Slot Canyons, at Annie's Canyon in Solana Beach. If you haven't been to Annie's Canyon before, I highly recommend it. You wouldn't think there'd be like a Slot Canyon or rock formations like that right off the freeway. So it kind of transports you without having to drive several hours, you know, to a national park or elsewhere. As you mentioned, the
1: weather is going to be clearing up. So those are great outdoor options. But how about indoor options? Do you have any of those?
2: Yeah. So considering how much rain we've been getting, it's always good to have a backup plan if another atmospheric river decides to grace us with its presence. In mm-hmm. in that case, I recommend people could check out their local library story times. Those are always a great resource. Um, visit a new library that you haven't been to before for a change of scenery. Some that come to top of mind, uh, the St. Library has some amazing murals and a great children's area. And I just saw the new Lakeside Library opened recently and has uh an indoor kids rock climbing wall. So that's another fun one inside. And of course there's always the tried and true uh children's museum as a good indoor option.
1: Yeah, those are great ideas. Well, Natalie, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for all the ideas. I hope you have a wonderful spring break with the kiddos. Thanks for joining me on the San Diego News Now podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
1: Enjoy your spring break. You can find more spring break ideas and of course, more San Diego news at kpbs.org. That's it for the podcast today. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.